for the last couple of weeks, I've been training dogs, and uh, I had this one dog in particular that I've been training that uh, she would do everything but retrieve a bird. She, she's a bird dog, and she would point. She would back another dog that was on point. She just wouldn't retrieve. So the owner of the dog brought the dog to me and said, Kirby, we want you to make her fetch. Well, she'll go get the bird when you tell her to. When we shoot the bird, she'll go get it. I said, all right. So I've had the dog for about eight weeks now. And this past week, leading up to this past week, you do everything that you do. And, man, she's solid as a rock at my house. I got a little table that I work her on, and, and when I say fetch, she runs down that table. She picks whatever I tell her to fetch up. She brings it back to me, and I do that for three or four days, and then I go from my table to the ground, and she, man, she's solid as a rock on the ground. I take her and turn her loose in the yard, letting her run around. I throw the dummy. She go gets them. She brings them back. I got a little cap pistol. I shoot the cap pistol. She goes, gets it, and brings it back. She don't even have to see me throw it. She just When she hears that gunshot, she knows to go looking for it. So I thought, man, this is going to be an easy pay period right here. So I go put the dog in the live hunting situation. She fails. So I bring her back home, and I start all over the process again. Put her on my table, make her solid on the table. I put her on the ground, make her solid on the ground. Man, as long as I pick the bird up and throw it, she'll go get it every time. And everything's going good. I said, you know what? Let's put her back into the live situation again. And Friday I went and I put her back into the live situation. And man, she points this bird as pretty as, a, as you can please. If, you, if you've never seen a dog point a bird and there's something magnificent how they find them birds and they point them and hold them while you kick the bird up. And I shot the bird and she runs out there and stands over top of the bird, turns and walks away. My heart sinks because I have done all this work. I've done everything that I know to do with this dog. I've done everything that I literally know how to do to get this dog to retrieve, and she will not retrieve. So I bring her back home, and I throw the bird I just shot. She go gets it, and she brings it back to me. So I sat down, and I said, Lord, what have I done wrong? Lord, why would this dog not retrieve like it's supposed to when it's in a life true situation? Why does it not do what it's supposed to do? Because I was sitting there and I was, I'll be honest with you, I was very heartbroken because I don't get paid if I don't succeed. And I've spent eight weeks with this dog and, and I didn't succeed. So my heart was a little bit broken that, that I, this is the first one that I've ever had that didn't do, wasn't able to do this with. And God reminded me, Kirby, it's about desire. You know, you can teach them and you can make them do everything that you want them to do. But when you put them out there in a true and in a real situation, it's about their desire whether or not they really want to truly do it or not. And I said, Lord, you know, that's right. Because I can make this dog do what I want her to do at my house. I can make her do what I want her to do until she's put into a true situation. And then when it comes to being in that true situation, she has no desire to want to retrieve that bird. 
So I said, okay, Lord, I hear you. It's all about desire. It's all about desire. And God does each and every one of us the same way. We're here at church on Sunday and, and, and we're preparing you for be able to be put in a true life situation so that you can be like Jesus would be. But it all boils down to do you have a desire to be pleasing and be obedient to God? That's what it boils down to. Whoever stands behind this pulpit can preach and teach till they're blue in the face, but it's entirely up to us as followers of Jesus Christ or whether or not we have a desire to just be obedient to God no matter what it is. Because without a desire, it don't do you no good to know how to do it. It don't do you no good to be good at what you do here in the controlled situation. You've got to have that desire to want to do it at all times. And I thank God for showing me that this week because uh, a lot of times our own personal desires are get in the way of what God's desires is for His will for our lives. This week has been prepared. I had another message that I really thought that God was leading me to. And God led me to uh, a message or some notes that I had wrote Several, oh my goodness, I don't know how long ago it had been, but it has been a pretty good while. Uh, I thought one time that I might get to preach a revival, so I put together a sermon for four nights of revival. And, and it's got, God has called us, everyone, to four things. The first thing that God has called each and every one of us to do, God has called everybody to salvation. The Bible says that it's God's will that none should perish, but all have eternal life. So God has called each and every one of us to salvation. God has also called each and every one of us for accountability. The Bible says that every knee shall bow and everyone will stand before God and give an account for everything that they have done, good or evil. So God is going to hold everybody accountable for their action. God has called each and every one of us to sanctification. Sanctification is an ongoing process. Sanctification is you don't just wake up one morning and then be like Jesus is. You, it's, it's an ongoing process. It is something that you and I must continue to do on a daily basis is continue to strive to be like Jesus. And the fourth thing that God has called each and every one of us to do and is what the topic that we're going to talk about this morning is service. God has called each and every one of us to serve Him. He created us in His image. He created us so that we would be the salt and the light of this world that we live in. So he has called every one of us to be servers. Go to our next slide, brother. Do we believe in Jesus or are we followers of Jesus? That's the question that we must ask ourselves. Do we believe in Jesus? Because I really truly believe that 
the reason why they say that 90% of the church is lost is because the majority of the church believe in Jesus. They know in His existence. They know and, and believe in, in where He come from. But listen, when it comes to following, being a follower of Jesus, man, that's something that not everybody wants to do. That's where the pavement meets the road. It's being a follower of Jesus Christ. It's not easy. Let's go to our next slide. I ask myself, if I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ, what is the requirements for me to be a follower of Jesus Christ? The first thing that must take place, must, I must trust Jesus. If I'm going to follow Jesus, I've got to trust Him. Because listen, He's going to send me places and He's going to have me do things and there's going to be things that happen that I have absolutely no control over. But I've got to trust that God, you're in control and I'm not. God, I'm following your will and your ways and not mine. And I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but sometimes that's hard to do. Because there are situations and times in our life that don't go the way that we have planned. Things happen, circumstances change, and they just don't go the way that you have planned. And you've got to trust God that God's plan from Jeremiah 29, 11 says, My plans for you are good and not evil to give you a future and a hope. You've got to trust that. You've got to believe that. If you're going to follow Jesus, you've got to trust Him. The second thing must happen, you've got to obey. In order to follow Jesus, you've got to obey. And one of the things that I've realized in being obedient to God and being a follower of Jesus Christ and having to obey, it don't depend upon the circumstances. See, a lot of times we want to only obey God depends upon the situation or depends upon the circumstances. It depends on whether or not we're going to be obedient to God or not. You know what, if we're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, we don't have the right to pick and choose what we're going to obey and what we're not. And I think it's very important for us to know that obedience is very vital to being a follower of Jesus Christ. Being obedient shows that you are a follower of Jesus Christ other than just believing in Him. And the, the last thing that I come up with, a requirement to following Jesus Christ, is to serve. John chapter 12, verse 26 says this, If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servants will be also. If anyone serves him, him my Father will honor. So Jesus has called each and every one of us to serve Him. Jesus didn't call us just to come and to be church people, to come and to fill a spot in the pews. He has called us to serve. Go to our next slide. Followers of Jesus Christ is servers. Listen. We're the ones that's supposed to be making a difference in this world that we live in. 
How do we do that? We do that by serving others. We do that by allowing people to be able to see Jesus in us. Let's go to our next slide, please. The price of following Jesus. You know everything has prices. And this is probably one of the reasons why people choose not to want to follow Jesus. Because there is a price to pay. And it ain't an easy price to pay. Not everyone is, is willing to pay these prices in order to follow Jesus. But in order to be a follower of Jesus, you have to have self-denial. Let's look at Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 8, verse 34. He says, when he is called the people to himself, with him disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Listen, in order... Us to be a follower of Jesus Christ, self-denial. you got to forget about what you want. It ain't about you. It ain't about me. It's about me being a servant unto Jesus Christ so people that can see Jesus in us. Self-denial. This is the hardest thing for us to do is to deny ourselves. Because the Bible tells us our wants is not His wants. It's something that you got to do. you got to choose whether or not you're going to do it. you got to sacrifice. The second thing you got to do is sacrifice. Sacrifice your time, your money, your family. None of that's easy. You know, if we could get self out of the way, the sacrifices would come a lot easier at times. One of the biggest hindrances that keeps people from following Jesus is the third reason here, and that's suffering. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 20 and 21. Why do I have to suffer if I'm going to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Listen to what Jesus says right here, what the Bible says right here. For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it partially, patiently, this is commendable before God. For you, I mean for for to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Follow his steps. Listen, he left us an example. And if Jesus Christ suffered himself, what makes you think that we're any better than he is? That he was totally obedient to God. He denied his self-want because, listen, brothers and sisters, he left all the luxuries of heaven to come down to be born of a bodily form. If that's not sacrifice, if that's not self-denial, I don't know what is. And he come and he suffered 
the sin of the world so that you and I might be able to have a right relationship with God. A perfect man that did no wrong, but he suffered on our behalf. Listen, there's going to be times in your life that you're going to suffer for no wrong that you've done yourself. You're going to have to suffer for no wrong that you've done yourself. But listen, know that Jesus given us an example that if he suffered, we shall suffer also. It's just a price of following Jesus. But along with a price and a great sacrifice comes a great reward. Let's go to our next slide. Because if I'm going to make great sacrifices and I'm going to make and have to deal with suffering, there ought to be a, a good reward for that. Don't you agree? In Matthew 19, verses 27 through 29, Then Peter answered and said to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? And Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, that in this regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of His glory, you who have followed me will sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or fathers, or mothers, or wife, or children, or land, for my namesake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. So the reward of following Jesus Christ is earthly blessings and eternal life through Matthew chapter nine, uh, 19, verses 27 through 29. I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but that's a great reward to know that even though I may suffer while I'm down here on this world, and I might have to give up some things of luxury here on this world, that I got eternal life, well, there will be no worry, no more heartache, no more shared tears, no more pain, no more suffering. For the price just to follow Jesus, listen, the reward outweighs the price a hundredfold. If the Lord never blessed me with another thing, eternal life is all that I need. Another reward of following Jesus is being able to share a faith and see somebody get saved. I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but when I think about God using me, an old wretched sinner, an old uneducated Man, I just said old. I just turned 41. I kind of made the hump. An old, wore-out cowboy. And if God can use somebody like me, that's what makes me want to get up in the morning. Because the Almighty... And y'all can say amen to this because, listen, I'm shocked that God uses somebody like me myself. 
But the almighty God who we serve uses somebody like me. I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, but that's what makes me want to get up in the morning and continue to follow God. Because He takes all of my imperfections and makes me perfect in Him. And for God to be able to use somebody like me, listen, that's a great reward. That is a great reward. I want to close with this. Let's look at Luke chapter 9. Why we fail to follow Jesus. Look at Luke chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. Look what I wrote right here. Why do we fail to follow Jesus? Self-interest overrides God's will and plan for our lives. Did you get that? Self-interest overrides God's will and plan for our lives. Listen to what Luke chapter 9 Get all the excuses why these people made the reason why they couldn't follow Jesus. Chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. Now it happened, as they journeyed on the road, that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds have air. Uh, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me go. And bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hands to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Self-interest overrides God's will and plan for our lives. If you and I could get self, under control. We wouldn't fail in following Jesus like we do. The world wouldn't be looking to a presidential party to solve the problems. They wouldn't be looking to the drugs and alcohol solve their problems they would be looking to us to be able to share God's will for them but see our self interest gets in the way vacation Bible school is a week long got a lot going on long nights, short days 
It ain't easy. Saturday's a day's off to get up and go knocking on doors and asking people to pray with. Can I meet a need that you have? You know, it ain't easy to turn the other cheek when somebody slaps it. It ain't easy to offer it up. It ain't easy to suffer when you've done no wrong. But listen, we fail when our own self-interest overrides God's will and plan for our lives. This morning, I'm going to ask you, what is your desire? Do you have a desire to want to please God? Do you have a desire to want to make sure that at the end of the day, God's pleased with you because just as I've got a dog that I can make do something but she has no desire to do it on her own I have another one that just can't get enough of it I got another one that I don't once I've showed it what I wanted it to do every time you throw it she go gets it and she brings it back and she actually sits down at my side and she waits on me to take it out of her mouth. I didn't teach her that. It become natural to her. Her desire to want to please me made her better than what she was when she come to me. All I did was give her what she wanted, encouraged her, was consistent with her. When she done something wrong, we corrected it. When she done something right, we give her some more. But her desire to want to please has what made her the dog that she is. Listen, when you and I can get that same desire that, listen, all I want to do is please my master. Well, all I want to do is please my master. It won't matter what anybody else thinks. It won't matter what color they are, whether or not you like a black dog or yellow dog or a chocolate dog, it won't matter. It won't matter that she's a female instead of a male. Listen, it all boils down to the desire to want to please. Because the, the cost of following Jesus is tough. I ain't going to sit here and tell you, brothers and sisters, it ain't. This is the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life. I tell people all the time, training dogs is easy. It's training the people how to handle the dog when they get it back that's hard. That's the hard part about it. Ain't it, Madison? Because we have our own... We, what we think it should be like. We want to do it our way, not knowing that God's way is better. Ask yourself that question this morning. Where's my desire at? Am I serving God? Am I a follower of Jesus Christ? Or am I just a believer? Because, brothers and sisters, there is a difference. There is a big difference in being a believer in Jesus Christ and being a follower of Jesus Christ because listen even the demons believe
they didn't make it because they chose not to follow after his ways. And his ways are perfect. As a praise band comes, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our dear loving and gracious Heavenly Father, follow God, I thank you. Lord, for the opportunity. Lord, just to be able to stand up here. Lord, and be used by you. Lord, I don't understand why you put me in the place that you have. And Lord, and why you bless me the way that you do. But Lord, I'm thankful. Lord, and, and all the chaos and all the uncertain that's going around us today, Father. Lord, I know that I'm not the only one. Lord, it struggles on whether or not I want to follow you or not. Lord, this is a, a hard, hard road to follow. Lord, it ain't for the faint of heart. But Lord, along with the great cost that it cost us to be able to want and desire to follow after you, Lord, comes a great reward. Lord, and the reward outweighs anything that it costs me. Lord, because all that I have belongs to you anyway. All that I am is because of you anyway, Father. Lord, I am nothing without you. And Lord, we need you. Lord, we need you to give us strength, Lord, in our weaknesses. Lord, we need you to give us a new desire to want to please you, to want to follow you in everything that we do. And Lord God, I pray that everything that we do here today, Lord, will bring glory and honor to you. Lord, we ask that you have your will and your way. We ask for forgiveness when we fall short of thy glory. And it's in Christ Jesus' name we pray.